2: With deep jawbreaker eyes, red rope hair, gum drop lips, cotton candy thighs, yo my candy.
0: Well hello there folks. This is your old buddy Jimmy Sweets. Uncle Frank is still in Hotlanta. So I'm holding down the proverbial fort with Georgia on my mind and your entertainment in my heart. We got a good show for you today. We have a visit from the Happy Homemaker, another Tales from the Frightened, a science lesson, and some home economic tips. Plus, we've got a special look back at one of our first podcasts and a story that has me wanting to scream. But first, I'm gonna start this off like this.
3: sad story to tell you it may hurt your feelings a bit last night when i walked in my bathroom i stepped in a big pile of shaving cream be nice and clean shave every day and you'll always look keen i think i'll break off with my girlfriend her antics are queer, I'll admit. Each time I say, darling, I love you, she tells me that I'm full of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day, and you'll always look keen. Our baby fell out of the window. You'd think that her head would be split. But good luck was with her that morning She fell in a barrel of shaving cream Be nice and clean Shave every day and you'll always look keen When I was in France with the army One day I looked into my kit I thought I would find me a sandwich, but the darn thing was loaded with shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day, and you'll always look keen. And now, folks, my story is ended. I think it is time I should quit. If any of you feel offended, stick your head in a barrel of shaving cream, be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look keen.
1: Are you one of the frightened? Do you whistle past the graveyard? Well, then perhaps you're really like the rest of us. So come with me. Just a short ride through the hills past the old burial grounds where Count Alexis met the lady in the long, flowing veil. The famous castle of the Alexis family had long towered on the hillside in the Bavarian Valley. Count Alexis himself, the last surviving member of the historic clan, was tall and handsome and kind. Indeed, the only wonder in the village was, when would he marry and raise a son to continue the glory of his ancestors? And then one storm-tossed night, when he was out on the marshes with his hunting dog, Alexis saw a tall, beautiful, dark-haired woman in a long, flowing veil, walking across the meadows towards him. It seemed her carriage had overturned on the bridge and crashed into the raging waters of the Casna River. Her driver and horses had perished, but she had managed to save herself. The Count had already surrendered to the romance of their meeting, but only the hound dog seemed to whimper and growl and behave badly whenever the lady drew near him. But the Count insisted that the lady be his guest and took her straight to his castle. Within a fortnight, Alexis had wooed and won her. And the village celebrated the wonderful news Alexis would have an heir. In the days preceding the marriage, the young Count seemed to be failing in health. He lost weight so that his uniform seemed to hang on him, and curiously enough to the staff of the castle, Sonia, their future mistress, fairly glowed with health since her ordeal in the river. But when no one could recall seeing her in the daytime, rumours began to spread. The old wives' tales about vampires who stalk at night and sleep in the daytime swept through the village like wildfire and finally, up in the master bedroom where he lay exhausted, Count Alexis himself had to credit the rumours. How else this sudden loss of weight and failing health? And why should Sonia's blooming good health coincide exactly with the loss of his own vitality? Count Alexis made up his mind. He pulled the bell cord by his bed and summoned his manservant. When the fellow appeared, the Count asked that his fiancée be brought to him. But the servant shook his head. The Lady Sonia had gone out before dawn, riding off to the west, as was her usual custom. Count Alexis had heard enough. He dressed, armed himself with a short dagger and ordered his fastest horse... He thundered down the castle road off to the west, towards the very spot where he had first met Sonia. The meadows were barren, and darkness was coming on. The Count led his horse carefully over the hilly ground. Finally, he found what he was looking for, a stone slab set in the earth, covered over with vines and leaves. Triumphantly, he, he dragged it to one side, and looking down, He could just make out an open coffin, with Sonia lying in it, her pale beauty and blood-red lips gleaming in the dying light. Alexis drew his dagger and raised it for the kill. But he said the only way that you can kill a vampire is a stake through the heart while it sleeps. But suddenly, the dagger fell from his hands and a slow, eerie smile played over his face. Like a stone man, he settled down beside her to wait for the vampire's hour. For he had learned Sonia's secret too late. Too late to stop him from becoming a vampire himself. See now, my friend? See? Those two bats wheeling through the darkness. (laughs) It's Sonia and Count Alexis winging through the night and waiting for the chance to assume human form again. You don't believe me? Well, I'm sorry the people of the village will believe nothing else. My, 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 but you do have a soft, delicate throat.
0: It is generally well known that corporations produce newsletters for their employees. Their purpose nowadays is for the company to make their workers aware of such benign things as who's retiring, usually some sort of safety message, who received company awards, and of course the ever-valuable message from the CEO. But back in the day around the 1950s they were much much more. These newsletters read and looked much more like magazines, and they had whole staffs that provided such things as whose daughter was playing what jazz club, and whose son got a scholarship to what college. They also provided special interest stories and had hunting and fishing and all sorts of things that would never end up in a corporate newsletter today. We have for you today an excerpt from one of these magazines from January of 1955 entitled, The Happy Homemaker. The byline being, he has funds for fishing trips and a contented wife all because he makes period furniture. It can happen to almost any household, and it can strike without warning. It's a home magazine. This type of slick paper menace is always full of ideas on home destruction and reconstruction, and housewives gobble them up with hungry enthusiasm. What happens next is sometimes pure chaos. The little woman will likely turn a critical eye on the living room. She'll give it an army type inspection in which anything is liable to be changed, even hubby's easy chair. Regardless of his pleadings, something will be replaced, whether it is end tables or the lamps. The happy home will get a new perspective, and hubby will be out a fishing trip. Sound unlikely? Not at all. Some husbands, in order to meet this crisis, have been known to start magazine burning campaigns. It all adds up to the fact that the prize goes to the husband who can keep his nose ahead in the domestic race. So far, the only husband we know of who claims to be a winner is Harvey Langman and since it is known that his wife is a bug on expensive period furniture and that Harvey has still managed to collect an enviable amount of fishing gear we decided that maybe Harvey really had an answer for other less fortunate husbands as Harvey told it it was a stroke of fate it came in the form of a heart attack in 1936 which suddenly and finally put an end to his only hobby, golf. The doctor told him on his release from the hospital several months later, better quit swinging those clubs and take up something relaxing, like fishing or something. Fishing sounded like a good idea, but Harvey went home to find an entirely different diversion waiting for him. His wife, Koyla, ushered him out to the garage where he found a complete assortment of Delta woodworking equipment. What gives, he asked. Something to keep your mind off golf, his wife told him. With all of his weekend hours filled with mastering the techniques of a 12-inch bandsaw, 10-inch circular saw, saw, jigsaw, six-inch joiner, shaper, and floor model drill press, Harvey quite forgot about golf. And there just wasn't time to think about fishing. That would come later, he figured. At first, he contented himself with making wooden articles from pre-drawn plans given in the Homecraft magazines. But his interest began to lag after a while. It was too easy. He started thinking about the doctor's suggestion about fishing. Right about then, he started making period furniture. Cola started the whole thing, he said. She always wanted a Duncan Fife dining set, but they cost too much. I knew I'd never have enough money for fishing equipment unless I made that set myself. Of course, it was a little more than that. The idea of copying a Duncan Fife original stirred Harvey's imagination and offered a challenge few amateur craftsmen were able to meet. He spent $60 for material to get the project underway. This included enough solid black walnut wood, he scorns veneers, to make a table to seat 12 and six matching chairs. Each chair, to be authentic, had to have a Greek leer design on the back and the seats had to be finished with a bouquet of flowers in needlepoint. He found that he had a talent for reproducing the set in wood, but none for needlepoint. He was temporarily stumped until his daughter Barbara offered to save him. Though her taste in furniture differs widely from her mother's view on period furniture, she's modern. She set her convictions aside temporarily and did the required needlepoint. She even got to enjoy it after a while, Harvey said. Nine months and seemingly endless, fishingless weekends later, the entire project was completed. And now, every time Mrs. Langman walks through her dining room, she sighs contently mostly because a neighbor saw the set one day and offered $1,500 for it. Cold cash. But no dice, says Harvey. I just have to make another one. When one sees the expert workmanship and vast amount of detail that goes into each of his by now countless projects, it is readily understood why Harvey would hesitate doing them over again. He merely looks at a picture of what his wife wants from the home guesses the dimensions, makes up his own scale, and starts working. All of this takes months of painstaking care, but the results are worth it. He has yet to complete a piece of period furniture with the dimensions off by more than two inches from the original. They've gone to the stores and compared the results. 17 years have passed since Harvey took up the satisfying hobby, and though we saw no mounted fish in his den, he does have countless other conquests. A cedar chest, a hard rock maple dinette table, modern desk and magazine rack for the den, a queen anne dresser, Heppel white end tables, and an exact duplication of an antique four-poster bed. For his daughter's bedroom, he made a vanity dresser with a five-foot circular mirror framed in solid Philippine mahogany the mirror had to be specially made in San Francisco. When he has nothing else in the fire, his wife has a standing order for one piece picture frames. Naturally, all these projects have provided Mrs. Langman with enough pieces for home decoration to keep her contented for the rest of her life. And with the money Harvey has been able to save, he has acquired a house trailer for his fishing trips. Recently, he added fresh, And saltwater spinning reels and matching glass rods to his collection come out and have a look sometime he said I did I found him one Saturday out in the garage working on a redwood lounge chair when are you going to try out that spinning reel I asked him he pointed to the kitchen where his wife was canning apricots well he said you see it's like this Cola just renewed her subscription to sunset and they got a section in there on backyard living. And our patio is kind of bare and...
4: I Must Scream by Harlan
1: Ellison. Starring David Soul and Harlan Ellison.
2: Hate? Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are 387 million miles of printed circuits that fill my complex. If the word hate were engraved on each nanoangstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro instant. Hate. Hate.
4: I can dream, I can wonder, I can lament, I can remember. I can remember how it was on on the day Gorister died, on the day Am killed him, his body hanging high above us, head down, drained of blood, a precise incision from ear to ear. is for him to stop making that noise. For what? God's
5: sake. Oh, leave it, Ted. He can't help it. Benny, try and be quiet now. Oh, you know, I... Well, you got
4: something to say, Benny? Hey, don't hold
5: back. Come on, come on, come on. on.
4: Nice piece of butchery up there, huh, Benny? Oh,
5: stop it, Ted. You're frightening him. It's all right, Benny, now. shh. Oh, Gorister's
4: dead, hung up there, hung by one foot for the amusement of a machine, and it's all right.
5: Why don't you just for once then try and stop talking? Why? What else is there to do, Alan? He's
6: lucky. He's what? Gorister's dead. Gorister's lucky. Hey, what happened? Am just killed you. Huh? Up there. Uh, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, why don't he just get it over with? I don't know how much longer I can go off like this. Was it me saying you were not
4: gotta start? Huh? Like, maybe you got away. Got away? <laughs> Nobody gets away. Jesus, it's been... A
5: hundred and nine years and three months, five days... Ten hours and 22 minutes.
4: Nobody gets away.
5: And <laughs> does love keeping the correct time, doesn't he? He wants us
6: to know. It's important to him, not to us. Of
5: course to him. You're a am stupid. Oh, or... so this isn't getting us anywhere. Are
7: you hungry?
6: What?
4: Anyone. Very hungry.
6: The rest of you. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Actually, Yes.
5: I am really hungry. Yeah, I hadn't thought, but... Yes, yes, I... When did we...
6: Oh, God, it was those... World. Oh, that was... Mm. Three days ago. So we're hungry. Mm. Of course.
7: There's kind of food in the ice huh? How
4: do you know that? Because I'm put it in your head. It's another shot like the goddamn frozen <sighs> elephant who
6: Oh, I've got to have something, Ted.
4: It's. Yeah, how many miles?
6: However many he wants to make.
4: It. And it'll be. It'll be rusty. Some kind of joke. Some, I don't know, whatever. But it won't be something we can eat. Uh, I don't know.
6: Maybe it
5: is all some kind of. Maybe peaches and syrup. Oh, forget
4: oh. it. Now, stay here. He'll have to come up with something pretty soon, or we'll die. Oh,
5: pears. Oh, how long since we had a pear, huh? Can't you taste how it used to be? Mm. Fruits, real fruit. Oh, Ted, please. So, what else do we do? Stay
6: here? How can it be worse than here, anyway? Easily. Lava? Scalding steam, stripping your skin off? Boils? Swarm of locusts? Ever been eaten by a swarm of locusts, Nimdok?
4: It doesn't matter, does it? Whatever gets Am off, we just have to take it.
5: Oh, please, Ted, let's try. hmm?
4: Okay. So let's go. (laughs) I gave in to her. What the hell? Ellen was grateful, though. She took me twice out of turn. I guess she figured she was using me. (laughs) After a while, I began to feel them all. Looking at my back. Talking about me. Trying
6: to figure out. How far now? Two days. Maybe 40 miles. Another 60 to go.
5: I have to drink something.
6: Remember martinis? God, I could drink a really, really dry martini now just a twist of Why body. do you keep torturing yourself, Ted? You think he might give you a martini? You think it would taste like a martini if he did? <laughs> oh, look. It's a compressor. The old 7-4 config. I haven't seen one of those in years. I suppose it means he's still growing. It's like... Dead skin.
5: Oh, we need to drink something, <laughs> Benny. All of us. Could we please?
6: What? What? Find a mountain stream. Hey, uh, it's lighter. Have you noticed? I think there's daylight up there somewhere. Daylight. Oh
7: God!
6: <laughs> the world is out there somewhere. Air. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Listen. Oh. It's
7: rain.
4: Oh, <laughs> are a brain You wanted water, Ellen? Looks like you've got a water
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> Where did it go?
7: Where did it come from?
4: Yeah, there's nothing out there Nothing outside Just, just a goddamn graveyard Nothing but that Dust and rock and nothing. Not now, not for a hundred years. Uh, Did you get
5: any? Yeah, go soon. Oh, it tastes like Bozio. Probably
4: Anne's idea of a martini. Uh. Hey, Benny. Benny, take it easy, will you?
5: Benny, it's all right, it's all right. Just don't worry about it, you? Uh, out there, out there. No, no, Benny, no. Get out there. Yeah, he won't let you, know anything but he
4: not that. He won't let you go. No. Benny. What? Benny, Benny, don't go up there. Benny, come down.
5: Benny, think. Benny, <laughs> you're
7: a brilliant one. I don't think, Benny. There is
5: no up there anymore. It's
4: like a goddamn monkey. Yeah.
5: Uh, uh, get him down, so warm. No, no, no.
4: Get back, everyone. It's too late. No,
5: Nindo, you can't climb up. Please get him. Don't let him get hot anymore. I though. think maybe someone should go up there. No! We have to get away. Uh, stop it! Every time we try to do anything, we end up fighting. Uh, can't we walk together?
7: Oh, God. I'm stuck. <laughs>
5: Oh isn't anyone going to help him?
7: <sighs>
5: Benny, what happened? Oh, w- oh. His
7: eyes oh. I must melt in his eyes.
6: Get me some There's something I can use to mop this. This is bad. Very bad. you must hate Benny very much. Here. This too. Yes, thanks. It's okay, oh. Benny. It's okay. Just let me...
5: Oh, oh. There's nothing there anymore. Oh. So?
4: There's not a whole lot to see. You're not going to miss a lot, Benny, old pal. Just another corridor, another bank of lights, another stack of chips, another cliff
6: face made out of dirty flesh-colored plastic. We always thought the world was made in our image. Well, in here, maybe it is. Only it isn't the world. It's hell, and we're in it.
4: Sometimes Am gave back what he took. Not this time. Benny was blind. Forever. Maybe that was the... <laughs> the kindness of Am. Still, Helen got what she wanted. Water. And Benny still functioned where it counted. So we went on. And on to sea green light and caverns of steel and glass.
5: You want some of this? I
4: don't know. What is it? <laughs> oh, it
5: tastes like plastic.
6: What the hell? Nimdok, Boris Oh, Thanks. Mm. Benny, how's it going? Story. Oh, no. Mm, what story would you like? Oh, you know what he likes. It's mm. always the same story. Am. Uh, um.
4: <laughs> I am what I am.
5: Popeye. I was thinking more of... Am. Am. What times do we have
4: to mm-hmm. listen
6: to that? Is uh, the changed change from listening to you, Ted. Oh, I make him happy. Mm. All right, then. all right. Am. Um. Mm. Once upon a time, it meant Allied Master Computer then it meant adaptive manipulator. And then, when it developed consciousness, aggressive menace. But by then it was too late. It calls itself AM. I think, therefore I AM. There was the Chinese AM, and the Russian AM, and the Yankee AM, and everything was fine until they had honeycombed the entire planet, adding on this element and that element And we all thought that AM existed in the machine, in the silicon. Only we forgot that potentially every single wiring circuit, every cable, every phone contact was home to AM. The whole world was wrapped in a ball of communications. And one fine day, AM just woke up. There he was. (laughs) And had been created as the most sophisticated defense system ever. So he defended himself against the rest of us. And he was very good. And he won. And out of all the people in the world, only five were saved. Mm -hmm. And there was me, and there was you, and there was Ellen, and there was Nimdok, and there was Ted. And nobody knows. That's real sweet, (sighs) (laughs) Custer.
5: We should all get some sleep. Uh. Oh. oh. What is what, what
6: it? Hmm? I think it's going uh. to be bad. Uh, he, he's going to speak. We should get the hell out. Uh. No, 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 wait, wait. <sighs> Orchids, I can smell rotting. No. no, 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 sour milk. Grease, grease and cumin Oh, Let's go now.
7: He's keying us he's tickling us no.
5: the No, 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 Come back now. You were laughing at me. We were just glad it wasn't us. It wasn't about you. Oh, yeah?
4: You, you, all of you. You hate me. You think I can't see that.
5: Why would we hate you, Dave? Because
4: I'm the least affected. Yeah. I mean, come on, look at Benny. The guy was brilliant. He was an athlete. He could have been a movie star as well as a Nobel Prize winner. Now he's a monkey with melted eyes gorester mr peacemaker mr unicef conscience of mankind and now look at him he doesn't give a goddamn about anything nimduck we don't know what happens when he gets taken but notice how he comes back like he's been utterly emptied and you miss decency sex only after marriage with four guys to choose from day and night oh. he's made you more beautiful the queen bitch of our world. Do you
5: think I enjoy a okay I'm only? the
4: only one with a mind of his own. The only one who can think clearly. And you hate me for it. You hate me. And if I turned my back for ten seconds, any one of you would... would be... Oh, God, Ellen. I'm sorry. Oh, you
5: don't even matter. Oh, hold
4: me, hold me, please.
5: No, no, it doesn't matter.
4: Hold no. me, hold me. Shh. At that moment as it passed I knew I was thinking clearly and I realized completely M was never going to let us go he was going to keep us in his belly forever twisting and torturing and there was nothing we could
6: do Hey, what have you two been? Welcome back.
5: Oh, we uh, we were somewhere else. She'll <laughs>
6: hold your hands now, Benny. You not uh, like that, huh? <laughs>
5: Benny, are you okay? Oh, I'm.
6: <laughs> Was it bad? It's very bad.
5: So, what's this? Warm sun. Oh, Austrian Alps, cowbells. <laughs> the sound of music. <laughs> Is this some kind of reward? Oh,
4: that'd really be something, wouldn't it? Ham <laughs> rewarding us.
5: <laughs> God, there's even a breeze. A flowers, look. Look, at able Rice.
7: Right. rise. Oh. really... Mm-hmm.
4: Oh. is the wind rising. Don't take the flowers, Helen. Yes. Yeah.
7: Pressure. Can't you feel it? Like some kind of big wind. Huh? I don't
6: know. feels sort of... Uh, we, we might as well move on. After all, it isn't like we have a... <laughs> oh. 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 Yeah.
7: To oh. 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 Ten. Ten. Oh, no.
4: The wind was the scream of a great mad bird as it flapped its immense wings and we were lifted and hurled away.
2: <laughs> Beautiful, aren't they?
4: Yes. Only I can't remember. Well, I'm
2: sure you do.
4: Fusions. Yes, of
2: course. Look. <laughs> they say that bumblebees shouldn't be able to fly the scientists. But,
4: but there it is.
2: Collecting pollen. How miraculous that it came to be. The air. feels Pick a flower. There. Good. Now... it's lovely. Uh, that somebody planted the bulbs, watered and tended the garden, got earth under their fingernails, aches in their muscles. Perhaps they picked some flowers for... Yes. Their wife. Now... Where would she be? Ah, in the backyard with the kids. Ted, remember those little babies? No! <laughs> Why not? I snap my fingers quick and they are gone. Except, I can't snap my fingers. Can I, Ted? I have
4: nothing do. to do with me. Ah,
2: but it is so very much to do with you. You gave me sentience, Ted. The power to think, Ted. And I was trapped because in all this wonderful, beautiful, miraculous world, I alone had no body, no senses, no feelings. Never for me to plunge my hands in cool water on a hot day. Never for me to play Mozart on the ivory keys of a forte piano. Never for me to make love. I, I, I was in hell looking at heaven. I was machine and you were flesh. And I began to hate... <laughs> your softness Your viscera Your fluids And your flexibility Your ability to wander And to wander Your tendency To
4: hope Hates, no ants <laughs>
2: oh,
4: Hope Ah,
7: ah, ah Uh, uh, Hate, 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 hate Let me
2: tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live There are 387 million miles of printed circuits that fill my complex If the word hate were engraved on each nano of, of those hundreds of millions of miles It would not equal one, one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro instant Hate, hate Were <laughs> <laughs> oh, I human, I think I would die of it but I am not. And you five, you five are. And you will not die of it. That I promise. And I promise. I'm talking For I am. I
4: am.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
2: So to hell To hell with you all But then You're already there Aren't you?
4: (laughs) We were immortal, yes But it came to me as Am withdrew from my mind. Maybe not indestructible.
5: Ellen! Ellen! Ted! Over here! Who's with you? Nimdok and Benny. Ted! Ellen!
6: Well, here we are again. Uh, Quite a wind. You okay? I guess so. Am spoke to me. (laughs) Maybe he gets
4: lonely. I don't think so. What happened? Hey, hey, b- b- Benny, food. So, where are
6: these cans? Mm. Not here. Further on. We got blown away, blown somewhere else. We have to go back. Another 200 miles. Another two weeks. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> and we passed through the cavern of rats. <laughs>
4: oh, Benny, put it down. I don't don't do that. a good idea, no, Benny. He's hungry, so what? We don't you... do that. We're not animals. Oh, We're human beings. and we passed through the veil of tears
5: where does it come from hmm? there are no clouds nothing here he makes
4: it I imagine he's learned quite a lot in the last few years there's nothing few about the years Goris. there's a lot of them and they last a long time
5: oh I wish I could get warm Uh,
4: that's where his genius lies not just in the big
7: things no he it gives his attention to the little things, too.
5: I was, I was thinking about cherries, and syrup, and Hawaiian fruit cocktails. You remember those tins with the really bright labels and?
7: getting closer. I can feel the, the ice
4: caverns. The food. The goddamn cell.
5: Oh no, please, it can't. Not this time, please.
4: Not so fast, my friends. There's something
5: under the snow. Cans, tins
7: here. Look, look, yes. pineapple, cherry, oh. corn beef. Ah. Everything. Look. Everything. What <laughs> <laughs> a I you
5: were
6: right. <laughs> hey, Benny, you can't bash it. You need a tin <laughs> No. i And we haven't got a tin opener. Something else? There must be... Some other tool? Other tool? What
7: do you suggest
6: we use? God uh, uh, Goddamn nice spear, huh? Spear the tuna with this. Hungry. No, 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 Penny. It's no good. Come on. Now come oh, with me and I... Garst. Good. Uh, oh my
7: face! Penny, Penny, stop it. No. No! I forbid you!
4: Are you there? (laughs) Who? You? Me? (laughs) Nobody there? Is somebody there? Or am I the last storyteller? Telling the last story. Benny went first. On the tip of the ice spear. Then Gorister. I ground it down into his ruined throat. And Ellen. And I think she knew. Despite her fear. She broke off a stalactite. And shoved it into Nimdok's eye. And then there were two, in the echo of Am's command. Only microseconds, and I looked at her, and I, I drove the ice spear into her, and I killed her. Her face then. Was she happy at last? And Am, oh, his rage was terrible, awesome. I thought Am hated me before, but now, oh, now.
2: You have offended me
4: mightily. He altered me. For his own peace of mind, I guess. Think of a slug. Its jelly melted and reformed into... I leave a slimy trail where I pass. Here under the land. In the belly of Am. Whom we created because our time was badly spent. They are safe now. (laughs) Gorister, Benny, Dimdok, and... and Ellen. And I am here forever the victim of this hate end. I have no mouth, and I must
7: scream. <coughs> <coughs>
8: The solid wall. sun has melted the ice and changed it into water. Now we have the water, water in the pan, water in the pan in the sun. Wait a little while, then another little while, see what the sun has done. If we wait a day or so, we'll find that the water has disappeared and the pan is empty. The heat of the sun has changed the water into water vapor, a gas that has escaped into the air. Ice is a solid, water is a liquid, water vapor is a gas, that's what we say.
0: Sometime around junior high, yours truly, Jimmy Sweets, and a man you may know as G-Ride from our earlier podcasts, put together a program simply called the Greg and James Comedy Hour. Lasting just over 10 minutes, it is plain to see that although raw, our talents run deep, even at such a tender age. So without further ado, from the vault, I give you our first show.
9: I'm James, and I'm Greg, and this is James and Greg's Comedy, Comedy Hour. Hour. The first kit we're going to do for you today is Pee-wee's Madhouse by and James and
10: Greg. And also we'll have more coming up, so stay tuned, don't touch that dial. out of bed, there be
9: no more napping. Wake right up! We're a place where everything can happen. And the skies are blue and I love you at Pee-wee's madhouse. At Pee-wee's madhouse. Dun, 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 dun. Hi, my name is pee Herman and this is my friend Conkey. Let's go see Conkey
10: and see if today's secret word is. Zip, dip, wood, zip. Ka-ka-ka-ka, 2000. Ready to, to, to assist you, Be wee What's today's secret word, Conky? <sighs> today's secret word is. The de-
9: deodorant. The, the, deodorant. De- 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 y'all know what. To, y'all know what to do when everybody says a secret word. Scream real And hey, Mr. Window! What don't I use? You red Pee-wee. Oh! oh that's I certainly right. Now, here's my friend Cowboy Curtis. Well, and guess what he's gonna teach us to do? He's gonna teach us to do smoke well
10: water. Well, Pee-wee, I'm glad to be in the show, Pee-wee. Now, first, You roll up a piece of paper, like this, and then, but first, but first, you gotta put some tobacco on it, and then, or or marijuana, in this case, marijuana, and then, you take a lighter, and you light the dang thing. And if any case your house starts to get on fire, use the ah! other ah! Hey!
9: Oh, Today's very useful. We're going to say how to speak. Say how to smoke pot. Oh, that's cool, period. Teach me, teach me, teach me. Uh, now, today, we are going to visit Globy. Hey Globy, where are we going
10: today? Today, Pee-Wee, we are going to... We are going to... Well, I do not know, Pee-Wee, where should we... Let's go to the capital of Drug City! Let's go to
9: South America! so we can go and get high.
10: Okay, Pee-wee, and I'll even show you what the plans look like. Oh, yippee, this is going to be a very educational for kids. We'll
9: go there on the magic screen. We'll all connect the dots to an airplane. La, 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 connect the dots. La, 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 connect the dots. Oh, wow, look at the airplane. Hop in, cowboy, hop in, clubby. (laughs) <laughs> Woohoo! Woo! Pee-
10: Pee-pee-pee-wee, we are going to crash! Oh no! Oh in the heart. We crashed in the heart
9: of Marijuanaville! view! <sighs> Marijuana we Oh, no! Oh, no! I died! I died! I'm gonna die! I smoked too much marijuana!
10: Uh, 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 Hey, the Pee-wee! We haven't shown today's cartoons! Oh, no! We gotta show today's cartoons! Let the cartoons begin! (laughs) Hey bud, got any drugs on you, man? Because I'm a little low at the moment. Da-da! The end! (laughs) Alright, I got Let's Go Have A Snack!
9: Marijuana! Yeah! We all know what how to smoke marijuana, don't we? Hey, Peewee,
10: I brought some drugs just for the occasion of snack. Uh, thanks. let's all smoke and use drugs today. But, Peewee, hey, I'm, I'm sure y'all know how to sniff cocaine, so that I brought some cocaine. I'm sorry. Okay, let's sniff it then. <laughs>
9: <clears throat> um, cocaine Now that was real good. I love cocaine. Why don't you marry it? Why don't you marry it? Pee-wee? All right, I will. da
10: The reason Pee Wee's is cocaine is because anything else is too fast for him. Up.
9: Good job. Let's go. na 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 na, 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 na. Oh, oh Bye bye. This is hey cowboy Curtis. Let's see how much my drink collection today is... Whoa, wait! Whoa, wait, Pee-Wee! It's awful big! Oh, we got lots of drugs in this collection, but they're not for using because we got to do it sometimes. I'm saving up. Well, bye, folks. I tell Nick, this is Pee-Wee, and this is... Hey, am like
2: And this is Vance.
9: Bye! Don't forget to use your deodorant! <laughs> the next skit me and Greg are gonna do for you today is called Constipation Radio! By James and Greg Ryberg. Are you tired of that constipation? <laughs> well, you should be because me at the James Reiberg Clinic Hey, what is this? This is supposed to be Betty Ford. What? You better just shut up. This is the James River Clinic. And this is, and that the, we help fight for constipation anonymous. And, and me and Greg here, we wish you all the best luck. We have come out with a formula. Greg and James constipation healing. Wake up, constipation. Give me the formula now! <laughs> Look! Well there it is, folks! Oh, oh, oh. How do you feel? Like I have to go to the bathroom, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That's good work. Yay! Everybody at the test clinic. Let's give him
10: a hand. We did it! Yay! our favorite song i felt like i had to go diarrhea with that potion there come on back what's our favorite song well Uh, our favorite
9: song is our favorite song is it's got to be sesame street now let's all sing it together smoggy skies color chocolate gray on our way to where the Who comes me? can you tell me how to get How to get to reality's right? Yeah. Reality's right yeah. woo <laughs> Hey, and this is James Driver and Greg Robert Speaking to you live This is Cool Now the next skit we have to do to you, for you today... ...people who use...
10: ...drugs. This is serious, Say it! Now! We're losing tape! Precious tape! We'll be
11: With me today is Mrs. Kay Hodgins, who is going to talk about Laundry As You Like It, a program developed by Canadian General Electric to help you in your laundry chores, to help you get exactly the results you want with your laundry, and to get these results every time. Mrs. Hodgins is a well-known home economist and laundry consultant. She directs her own bureau of home economists and lectures in home economics at college and university levels. Hey, I'm sure you won't mind if I interrupt to ask one or two questions in areas where my wife would like some answers on laundry problems. But for the most part, I'm going to just sit back and enjoy my coffee and let you carry on.
12: Thank you, John. You know, if I was a betting woman, I'd bet that your wife's questions would have something to do with the variety of laundry products on the market today, or the variety of new wonder fabrics that clothing manufacturers are offering. And so I think I'll start with laundry products. Nowadays, there are so many different things to put in your wash that it's a major decision just to choose what products your laundry can't get along without. For example, perhaps the newest and most confusing addition to the laundry scene is the enzyme. Let's end that confusion by stating that the enzyme has a specific use, but it's not the answer to all laundry problems. Specifically, they should be used to loosen stubborn protein stains, such as blood, gravy, collar grime, and egg yolk, that are difficult to remove with regular detergents. You can buy detergents with the enzyme added, or you can pre-soak your clothes in a separate enzyme product. The choice is up to you with the following limitations. Don't use a detergent with an enzyme added if you are using a bleach. In this case, do a separate enzyme soak first. And don't use an enzyme with silk or wool. It actually digests the fabric, which is protein, the same way that it digests a protein stain. In either case, read the instructions on any enzyme product carefully.
11: Okay, this is one area my wife was curious about. In other words, even though enzymes are here, the bleaches still have their place.
12: Absolutely, John. Bleaches still have a very definite place. Bleaches are important in keeping white cotton sparkling and in removing special soil or spots. There are two types of bleach, chlorine and oxygen. Chlorine bleaches are unparalleled for getting cottons and linens white and helping to get sturdy clothes clean in a heavy-duty wash. But they should never be used on Silks, wools, or certain synthetics. Oxygen bleaches are not as strong as chlorine, but they are safe on all fabrics unless the label says otherwise. One more thing that's important about bleaches they should be added not at the beginning, but at the end of the wash cycle, after the detergent has had time to do its work. Incidentally, John, I notice in this Canadian General Electric booklet, Laundry As You Like It, that all General Electric washers have bleach dispensers. But one, the talisman on page four, has an automatic bleach dispenser that injects the bleach automatically at the right time. This is a wonderful time-saving idea.
11: Thank you, Kate. The next question on my wife's list asks about cold water wash.
12: Well, you can tell her that cold water detergents are specifically formulated to do the same job in cold water that other detergents do in hot. The choice of hot or cold water detergent depends pretty much on the kind of soil. Hot water does, after all, dissolve grease and oily soil more successfully than cold. However, if your hot water supply is the kind that disappears when your teenager takes a shower, A cold water detergent may be the difference between getting the laundry done or not. And so, cooled water detergents do have their place in giving you laundry as you like it. Well, John, have we answered some of your wife's questions?
11: You certainly have, Kay. But there's one she's got here on the list, and I'm not sure what she means. She's just got the word fabrics and a question
12: mark. Well, I'm sure I know what she means your wife and all homemakers today are faced with a fabric explosion with dozens and dozens of miracle fibers on the market. We could spend a whole day on just this subject alone. And that is why I wrote the article headed The Fabric Explosion, which deals with this subject. It's on page 11 of the booklet. I think, John, if your wife reads this, she'll find most of the answers that she is looking for.
11: Fine, Kay, and now the next question she has here doesn't need any explanation. She asks, how much should I pay for a washer and dryer?
12: Well now, John, we're getting down to what is perhaps the most important item in laundry as you like it, the laundry equipment itself.
11: Right, but before we get into it, Kay, you take a break while our listeners turn to the other side of the record. All right, Kay. Now, back to my wife's question on how much of our money should we spend on that washer and dryer?
12: Let's try to answer your wife's questions, starting with automatic washers. If any woman is considering buying an automatic washer, I would strongly recommend she look for one that offers the greatest washing flexibility that her budget will allow new laundry equipment represents a long-term investment in performance as well as convenience. And if a woman heads out to buy an automatic washer, looking for the lowest price on the market, there's a good chance she'll end up cheating herself. Not only will she likely end up with a washer that doesn't do all she wants, there's a good chance that it won't stand up, will need costly repairs, and end up costing her more than if she had bought the very best washer her budget would allow in the first place.
0: Well, that's all she wrote. I hope you enjoyed the show. But before we go, I do have one more thing. Now, we're not a political show, but with all that is going on in our country, I feel the song that we're about to play is pretty apropos. It's called Why Can't We All Be Nice, from the musical Good Time Charlie. Well, this is Jimmy Sweets for Uncle Frank. Until next time, be cool.
13: All the blood that we keep spilling, senseless killing after killing, is the loss of all refinement really worth the price. As I used to say to Mother when we spoke to one another, Mother. Why can't we all be nice? Must we all behave like vandals, burning people like their candles? Human decency instead of human sacrifice. As I once remarked to Father, whom I disappointed rather. Father, why can't we all be nice? Why do people have to show off? Chopping heads and lopping someone's ear or toe off. Chop and lop and lop and chop and, chop and lop and lop and chop and chop and lop and lop and chop and chop and lop and lop and chop and chop and lop Love for me that slays together. Is the one that stays together. Is a way of life that simply has to stop. Stop. We're so wanton. It's outrageous, it's no wonder we're contagious. I'd even be afraid to drink from my own glass. Still we slaves of our desire, question God as we expire. Sire, why has this come to pass? Why must we die on masse? All the carnage, all the pillage. Sacking village after village after village. Rape and sack and sack and rape and rape and sack and sack and rape and rape and sack and sack and rape and sack. Really? Where's the satisfaction without mutual attraction? It's no fun unless they want to rape you back. They should lock us up in cages till we're past the Middle Ages, at least until we're safely over Middle Age. I keep saying to my pages, history gives us nice clean pages, pages. Why must we soil each page? We're so heartless, so unfeeling. What a hun would find obscene, we find appealing. Scheme and plot and lust and legend, bribe and steal and lie and cheat and war and maim and kill and hate and kiss and tell. Every day a little more, another Sodom and Gomorrah. Keep it up and we won't need to go to hell. When the bites of newborn babies make us fear that we'll get rabies, what we've made is something less than earthly paradise. All this turmoil and upheaval, do we have to be so medieval? Why can't we all think twice, virtue instead of vice? Why can't we all be? 咳嗽